Align Your Practice podcast with Dr. Cliff Fisher, where your best practice and life awaits you. Are you tired of running a practice on your own? We want to come alongside you with experts to help you create your dream practice and your dream life. Here is your host. All right, Tribe. Welcome to Align Your Practice with Dr. Cliff and Dr. Joe, brought to you by Align Life, where we want to give you the tools to find and create your Align Life. Man, this has been a long trip, Joe. I know we've done a lot of episodes on this, but we are on the final episode, and I cannot be more excited about what we're going to go over and how we're going to wrap this up, because we all need to become multipliers, and we need to be awesome at two or three things, and we need to not suck at the other two or three things. And, you know, what we're finishing up is the last bit of accidental multipliers. And, Joe, I know we just had a great conversation about just our learning as we're going through this. Yeah, so just to, to recap, if you haven't seen any of these last few podcasts, as we're talking about not just being a genius, but being a genius maker, we're talking about not diminishing people, but helping to multiply people's outcome, uh, which has been proven by certain behavior styles can 2x to 3x the outcome of your team. So our goal through this journey has been to help you not diminish uh, people and become what is called a multiplier or a genius maker, which means you help people find their genius. And what that does in your office, your business, is to help people produce better, reduce your stress, increase your revenue, your income, create uh, less, more outcome, more productivity. So that's the whole essence of this journey that we've been on. So now we've been breaking down, uh, we broke down the big aspects of being a diminisher versus a multiplier, five foundational behavior styles of your innate identity of how you operate as a leader. Now we're talking about accidental diminishers, which are smaller behavior styles that may occur throughout your week that you can see, be aware of, and change. So we did a handful on the last one, and we're going to finish up with this. one. I just wanted to bring some context to you if you haven't been on this journey with us. So these are diminishing behaviors that diminish others on your team and uh, keeps them from becoming leaders and geniuses in their own right. So uh, we went through four. I'm excited to to pick up where we left off. So awesome. So last time we talked about the idea guy, idea fountain, the always on, the rescuer, pay setter, and the rapid responder. Today we're going to dive into the optimist, the protector, the strategist, and the perfectionist. And so as we do this again, I just want to bring back to light. Like, you know, resonate, does this resonate? Do we realize we're an accidental diminisher and then the resolve to be a multiplier? Because these are habits. And as you were talking to, I was like, the reason for this is so important to be a multiplier, to build your team. Each person on the planet on average will interact with 83,000 people. And so um, when we're having these interactions, we're impacting 83,000 people. So when we bring on a team member and we have a good interaction, that's going to impact their 83,000. It's going to impact our 83,000. It's going to impact the next and next and next. And one of the things I think you told me when we first met was on our own, we can go faster, but together we can go further. And so that's really as a multiplier, you want to go further and you want to have a bigger impact because you'll have a bigger impact together than you will alone. Yeah. So, so, so that's a great point. So you got to find out when we go through these sessions, does it resonate with you? Uh, what's the awareness of it? And then what can you do to modify? So let's 
Um, let, let's talk through this next one. So the first one for today is the optimist. Um, I am a bleeding optimist in all regard. Uh, <laughs> I always see the sun. I never saw the rain. I always see the positive. I always, you know, I am just an optimist, period. Uh, so an optimist is good. It, it, you know, beats being a pessimist. I, I have a great journey. <laughs> I enjoyed my journey because I only see the good and usually. <laughs> um, but um, being um, a bleeding optimist all the time, the intention like when you're in that behavior style is to create belief that your team can do it. Like we got this, no matter what it is, there's an optimism around it. So Cliff, when you're in that state all the time, what's the kind of the detriment for that or the outcome that actually occurs? So if people really wonder if they, you know, appreciate the struggle. Cause I think so often when we talk about always the positive, we're not appreciating like the hard part of this. Like one of the things I learned from you and Dr. Franson was like, the hard easy, but then like, we're not trying to make something hard easy. We're trying to make something hard easier. And so the optimist can have that space where, but the outcome people just, they don't feel like the struggles appreciated and they don't feel the, um, that there's that possibility of failure. And so that's the outcome. Yeah. So <laughs> let's say you have your, um, person who's in charge of external marketing and you said, you know what? Let's do nine screenings this weekend, next weekend. And, uh, you know, we got this team. I believe in you. This is great. And you have two team members running from one to another. The, one of the pieces breaks. They, they, they you know, their, their body hurts. They've been on their feet all day. And you're like, we got this. It's, it's so easy. We're on purpose. And it's like they lose the ability for you to see that this is hard work because yeah. you're always in an optimist. And I think to balance that, if, if I was to learn something from this, if you are one of those like me and Optimist, is let's say Cliff is on that team, that screening team. And I say, Cliff, you know what? I realize there's a lot of work what you're doing. And I know you've been on the, your feet eight hours yesterday. You know what? And I know you got to do it again today. And I just want to let you know, I know how hard that is. And I really appreciate you putting that time and effort in because this is this is real work. And you're doing the mission. And, and I don't want to ignore what you're putting in. Uh, that's not Nate to me. I'm more <laughs> even saying that's like, wow, I, gotta more I often. felt the struggle. <laughs> I got goosebumps. Like, oh my God, I got to do that more often. <laughs> uh, yeah. You, you've even uh, um, comically uh, made me aware of that on occasion. Like, Joe, no, this is hard. <laughs> we got this, but this is hard. <laughs> the one I remember is like, oh yeah, that doesn't take any time at all. I'm like, no, it doesn't take you any time, but it takes that person four hours to do it. <laughs> so it's, as you're that delegating when you're leading that like just acknowledge that because that's no, so that's true a good point right there is i will say yeah that should be quick like just that <laughs> phrase that should be quick well quick <clears throat> for you because i got to take four hours and do it like cliff said you got to realize that that could be really invalidating and all you're trying to do is be this optimist but really let that settle in for a minute of what that feels like on the receiving side. I'm not aware of that until, you know, these conversations with Cliff, it really helps me understand that. So um, if you got this, take a note of it, just have some awareness. And the point here, guys, if you're an optimist, it's not not being an optimist. That's not the point here. Right. It's, you know, it's all about awareness, being aware there's hard work going on and just have appreciation and showcase that and verbalize it. Right. Is that the lesson? A hundred percent and link and you nailed it. Link it back to the mission, the why, like, why are we doing this? Like there are so many sick and suffering people on this planet right now. And our voice can literally save the planet. 
And so, yeah. All right. The next one, the protector. Oh, so um, I think the protector is an, is like, I, I think I have dad energy around that. I imagine Joe, you have dad energy around that. Like the intention is to keep people safe from the political forces inside of the organization. So we're trying to protect them from what's going on. And so, but unfortunately that's not the outcome. What, what do the people end up feeling? Um, they, they become too sensitive. They become too dependent on your protection of like, Oh, she did it again. She just stepped in and said this. And then you're like, okay, I'll call her. And now you're walking into conversations and what you want to do is just hand your staff the book, crucial conversations and just walk away (laughs) and let them handle it. Um, because people have to know how to confront, uh, probably the first lesson in practice from a consultant that I had, uh, is high confront equals simplicity in life. Low confront equals complexity. Uh, now I did it with a brute force when I learned it. I didn't know how to communicate like crucial conversations, but I definitely confronted all the time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, what people have to learn how to navigate uh, their human existence in your office. They have to learn to navigate it in their personal life and the relationship. So don't be, because what you'll do is you'll create drama and gossip in your own office by being the protector and stepping in every time. Don't do that. If you have two, two CAs at the front desk and they're doing this bickering, you can help guide their conversation, but don't take the conversation from one and go have it with the other. Have them both there and have them ne- interact in their discussion and have you teach them how to communicate. Do not carry the conversation for them. That's what the protector will do. Yeah, because then they'll always go to, like I've had relationships like that where I, I go to that person, I share my side instead of going to the person I should have gone to who I had the issue with. I'd go to the leader of that versus going to the person who I had the issue with. And then all of a sudden the leader is forced to take sides and then there's this huge breakdown. And just like you said, it creates drama and gossip and, you know, it's not good or healthy and you can't grow a big business that way. Yeah. So true. So if so. you're a protector, take a note of that and still, you can still, in a sense, protect people by teaching them how to create their, their dialogue with those that uh, they have uh, a gap with. It's like kids, right? Like you want to grow your kids up to be self-sufficient. You don't want them to be dependent. I know I, know I don't. I couldn't afford four kids and be dependent my whole life. <laughs> so I want to create independent kids and we want to create independent team members that can think and work and do their work. Yes. I raised my kids to take care of me. <laughs> that's <right. laughs> it hasn't worked yet, but I, I positioned it when they were young. Like that's your job when you're older, but I don't think it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, that plays out. And yeah. then you got another, you know, 30, 40 years before we have to worry about that. Yeah. Okay. Next All one, right. strategist. Uh, the goal of a strategist, if, if you are a strategist, which a lot, a lot of us as entrepreneurs, that's kind of our, our innate is we're strategists as an entrepreneur. So most <laughs> all of you have this is you want to create a compelling reason to move beyond the status quo. The status quo is middle America. It's the average. It's what everyone does. It's the, the, the lukewarm, the middle road kind of thing. It's mediocrity. So we all want to break through that status quo, the average. And that's what an entrepreneur is. So this is in a sense, probably all of us. So <laughs> the idea is to create compelling reason to move beyond what average is. And I'm going to tell you a quick story uh, because our marketing director came to me uh, about 
this new reporting mechanism that showcased a gap that I never knew before that she was able to have this reporting that was like, wow. And then she wanted to show me the gap and I went right into how to improve the report that she just created the first level. And I'm like, you can do this, you can do this, you can do this, ignoring the data that she wanted to show me. I was strategizing the next level of a report she just finished an hour ago, like how she could make it better, missing her point. So what that did was create invalidation and, and uh, lack of um, hearing someone of where they're at at that point, because I want to break out of that status quo. So what does that really do? You can finish that and maybe you have examples yourself. I think you just said it perfectly. I mean, that's what it's going to do there because what it will do is it'll cause the person to feel invalidated. So they're always going to defer up. They're going to say, okay, Joe will figure it out. Dr. Joe will figure it out. He's a strategist. And then what that'll then cause them to do is then second guess, like whatever, you know, the leader's decision is like in that case, well, you know, they're going to spend so much time second guessing what he's saying versus finding their own answers. And creating like what what the the marketing director did was she created that this is what I created. Then all of a sudden now she's going to be second guessing you like, no, I don't believe that. She's going to spend all her time on that rather than creative and production. Yeah, it also doesn't make someone feel accomplished and doesn't make them feel good about what they're doing because you're always pushing uh, too far. So we need you to be a strategist. If you're uh, an entrepreneur, we need you doing this. If you're a business owner, it's essential to have the role of strategist. The point here is being self-aware of how it impacts others when you push strategy nonstop. Yeah, and I think on this one, it's like, don't complete the puzzle for them. What you wanna do is you wanna establish why and what and let them figure out the how. And that's what Carrie did, she, or uh, the marketing director. She showed you the how. This is how we do what you want and why we're doing it. So you, yeah. you did great at framing it and then she brought the how and so, yeah, so it's a great, great perspective and great share. I think that's right. awesome share. Awesome. All right. The last one of the accidental diminishers. So the perfectionist, um, I think when I read this one, I'll, I'll go over the intention, but when I read this one, done is better than perfect. I think that needs to be for me a forearm tattoo because um, I always want to make sure it's perfect before I share it. And done is just better than perfect. And if you present a project or an idea and it's perfect, you waited too long. And so I think the intention of a perfectionist is to help people produce outstanding work um, they're proud of. I think that's the intention. That's why we, we are a perfectionist or I am. And so. Yeah, I'll save you a lot of time and money with therapy. <laughs> I'm a reformed perfectionist. <laughs> so I have to actually see someone to, to break this thing. Uh, oh. And I learned that I could expect excellence versus perfection. And there's a difference between the two. I expect perfection and I learned <laughs> to expect more excellence. Uh, so this is big uh, because this permeates, this one definitely permeates business and personal life. So uh, when you expect perfectionism, when you're raising children, the last thing you're gonna get is perfectionism. When you're in a relationship, the last thing you get is perfectionism. So, and that permeates into the business and the business into personal. So this to me has the most reflection uh, on both sides in my, in my journey. Um, so when you're trying to be a perfection, when you are a perfectionist, the outcome you're really creating is people feel criticized. Uh, they get disheartened and they stop trying. Um, this is my, uh, this is one of my main things that, uh, 
I struggle with. Uh, I was taught by parents to be the best, always be the best. And if you're good, it's not good enough. If you're great, it's not good enough. You got to be the best uh, just by good hearted, uh, you know, mom who wanted us to exceed, but they created a culture in our minds that we have to be the best, not great uh, or not excellent. Um, and what they really intention was, what, and you may have had this experience in your life, others on this call, is the intention was you just want, what they really want is you to reach your potential. But what they taught is you have to be the best. And that's, that could be destructive on your journey in life when you expect that from others uh, and you disempower people and they feel criticized and that's not your intention. So be really careful of this one. Uh, and you said it, 80% uh, as good as you doing a job detail is, is in a sense, excellence. Um, and you just can't build a big team um, when you expect perfectionist. So. I think showing people just like define the standards, show what excellence or outstanding work looks like, and then let them do the work and get out of the way. Because most people that I've worked with that could do it 80% as well as I could, after six months to a year, it, the roles flipped. I could do it 80% as good as they could. And so it's just giving that time, giving them that time and bandwidth to grow into that role. So I guess when we're wrapping up the concepts here on being a, um, a multiplier, multiplying someone's ability to uh, produce in your organization versus being a diminisher, um, when you really realize what you're trying to accomplish, it helps you break some of these cycles because if I was to maintain perfectionism as a as a um, behavior style, it's just more work. I mean, you got to realize you're just diminishing people and you're just creating more work and more stress and making it harder to lead people. When you get to that level of awareness, it's easy to break being a perfectionist. When your mindset is, I just want great work, you can't leave perfectionism. What you have to realize is that behavior style uh, disallows you to lead the team. It creates more work for yourself and more stress. That's the connection that you have to have because when you think I just want great work, it, it, it pushes you to stay as uh, uh, expecting perfectionism, right? Until you understand the outcome that we're going over now, there's no reason to break it because why not create perfect things, <laughs> right? Do you see yeah. what I'm saying? And like, you got to know the outcome is detrimental to you as a human, as a leader, as an owner. You've got to get the detriment. And that's what's beautiful about this. these last two sessions for me, Cliff, is attaching the outcome, right? That's yeah. the win whole thing. The whole thing's outcome. The whole thing, like, we don't do this for any other reason but for the outcome. Like, like I don't like to learn to learn. Like, well, maybe <laughs> I do. But I, I like who I become when I learn. I guess that's probably the space. And so. So hopefully you got you found some of the behavior styles that you had. You took a note on it. And then you know uh, what it's going to, what outcome it's really going to create versus your intended outcome. And that will help you grow as a leader in your organization, scale your business, create more profit, more productivity, less stress all the things that we hope and desire for you and your business. Awesome. So I would love to just wrap up with like, how do we work with diminishers and how do we put this really into practice? And then where do we want to grow and go to? And so I think dealing with diminishers, I think sometimes we just have to stop the cycle. And so like if there was three levels, like they talk about in the book, like the first strategy is defense or survival, like just stop the downward spiral so that, you know, we're not continuing to diminish because we're diminishing other human beings and just regroup, 
see where the leadership is, you know, do that. Then I think the next, the next level, the level two is being more offensive. So how do we multiply both downward, upwards and sideways? Like this is like that 360 degree review because Sometimes people don't feel like they can be a multiplier if they're at the bottom of the ladder or if they're in the middle or if they're at the top, like, you know, so recognizing that wherever you're at, you can have a positive impact. And some of the best ways is using some of the same tools, like call people out, like this is the genius I see in you. Be all of those different things, the genius, the talent magnet, find those things. And then the the level three is, you know, helping accidental diminishers to become multipliers. And so that's, I think, dealing with those and then how to get out of that downward spiral because it is like it does go sideways. So whether let's say you're a perfectionist that we just talked about or your boss or your partner is a perfectionist, if it's you, you can be self-aware and make a change. If it's your partner or your boss or whatnot, your supervisor, you can take them aside, you know, behind closed doors and say, you know, I have an awareness that I'm learning through this uh, this academic journey I've been on and you seem to have this trait. And I just want to let you know, because it was helpful to me that you expect this perfectionism and what it's really doing to me uh, on the other side of it is it's making me feel this way and making me less productive. So I just wanted to give you the awareness like that kind of open conversation is, I think, what we're saying here that you can bring awareness and help others on the same journey to help them become a multiplier. And that's where this work becomes pretty amazing is that we're helping others be aware as we are aware of our own leadership um, diminishing qualities. I love that. And I think one of the spaces that came up for me on that, Joe, is like when you're going to other people, call out their genius first, get that safe place with them, then go into some of the diminishing things, but call out what you see genius because everybody has a genius in them because you're always going to get more of what you acknowledge. So just acknowledging, wow, you really crush, like you're such a talent magnet. You bring out the best in people, like call that out. That's awesome. Great way to approach it. All right. So I think, I think just that last quote for me, like when I let go of what I am, I will become what I might be. And I think that's really the whole thing of transformation. We talked about that the last two or three episodes. And so, Joe, I just I would love your insights and um, just like any last bits of wisdom or knowledge after going through this whole thing. Yeah, to me, the the high level journey on this is uh, uh, leadership. uh, The growth of leadership in business helps you become a better uh, leader in humanity, a better leader for your family, a better Uh, leader for your own life's journey. So it permeates so many different levels to me. That's why I love the business journey is it uh, helps your own consciousness. So to me, at the end of all this, it's all about self-awareness because self-awareness, when we're aware of who we are, what we are and how we behave, we, we, it opens our ability to reach our potential when we aren't aware and we haven't been given the tools to understand these thoughts and behaviors that are controlling our existing and we can't become who we might be, like that quote says. So it, to me, it's the journey of self-awareness. And hopefully this long journey that we've taken on this topic that Cliff and I have broken down have given you one, two, three, four, ten points of self-awareness. And we hope that you can become the leader that you want to be to serve the people that you want to serve and to make this, uh, this uh, you know, your community, this world a better place. Uh, for, for, you know, 
or all the people that you uh, you're in contact with. So that's that's the journey. That's what I got out of it. Uh, what are your final thoughts? I think mine was like, as you were speaking, just like, this is a journey of a thousand miles. Just take the first step. Don't feel overwhelmed. There's a lot of data here. Joe, I don't know how many laps we, I've read <laughs> this book. I don't know how many times I've had a lot of conversations with you about it. And like, I feel like finally I'm starting to get a grasp of it. So just really dive deep into it. Like pick something like this and just dive deep into it for a year. So it was Bruce. Yeah, so- that's a good lesson learned is, uh, you know, the reason we do this, we also want to teach uh, entrepreneurs and business owners that it's not more data. It's really executing and becoming own the information to the point that it's executable. Sitting there reading a book every day that some people do and they don't execute and, and change behavior. It's all about at the end of the day is we have to change our thoughts to change our behavior. So the first thing is changing how the way you process um, and breaking your opinions from your identity so that you're able to navigate through life by changing your perspective because change of perspective changes behavior. And if you grab that, you will have, you will reach your potential in life and whatever you want to accomplish. So hopefully you get that culture that Cliff and I are delivering at a high level on a conscious level. And I hope it permeates right into your business that you make more money, serve more people and have more happiness and success in both your business and personal life. So that's the end all for me. Cliff, it's been a great journey on this one. I'm excited to uh, to break down more uh, exciting concepts in leadership in business and in life. Yeah, I think leadership is the next big thing. I know that's what we're spending our time on this year and helping grow bigger leaders so we can grow bigger businesses. And the final quote I just have is um, from Bruce Lee. I am not afraid of a person who knows 10,000 kicks, but I am afraid of the person who knows one kick, but practices it for 10,000 times. So <laughs> this is one of those books where just get the laps in um, and grow your team, grow yourself, grow your family, grow your kids. Awesome. Great, great share. You guys all have a great, uh, great week and we'll talk next time. All right. Thanks for your genius, Joe. Have a great one. Bye-bye. For opportunities to build your dream practice, presented by Dr. Fisher, reach out to Align Life Centers for Natural Health at AlignLifeOpportunity.com.